Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Impact Podcast. I'm your host, LBJ, and today I'm super excited to introduce you to Toby Oladipo. Toby is the founder of iVoice Africa, a Forbes of Culture member. Toby, I'm super excited to interview you today. How are you doing today? I'm very awesome. It's so great to speak to you today. It's so great to be on this podcast, and I look forward to to come to having the conversation with you, OBJ. Of course, of course. Yeah, you know, I I saw uh, I saw you post in in um, in Forbes of Culture, and I was like, this this young man is incredible. Like, I need to figure out what he's doing. Like, I need to hear about this company. Let's see if he be willing to hop on the podcast. So, thank you so much for uh, for agreeing to be a, a guest today, but. Um, to jump right in, I'd love for you to, to tell the listeners a bit about iVoice Africa. Absolutely. Um, the name iVoice Africa was a name that I never, ever thought about. I'm going to start that way. Um, okay. when, you know how, when you want to start a company, you always think about oh, what's the best name I can give for this. But I didn't have that moment. I think the name just came to me. Uh, but this is why <laughs> it just literally came to me. I sound very spiritual right now, but that's, <laughs> that's kind of like how it happened. And yeah. I remember the backstory of that, however, was um, so I started off my career as a voice artist. Um, I started when I was living in Cyprus in, say, 2016, 2017-ish. And I had yeah. my first, you know, someone that just came to me and said, you know what, can you just uh, read the script for me? Because I feel like you sound well. And so that was it. And it was on a, it was on an iPhone. And so when I got back to Nigeria um, in 2018, um, I, I, I thought, oh, yeah, it's such an amazing um, career that I could actually pursue on the side. Um, so I was running with this until I started and then I said I was working. I think I had a gig for um, a, a an agency in in Barcelona, and I remember after you know delivering the project, the voice of a project, they said to me, "It would be so nice if you had a website. You know, people would want to wow. um, people want to look look up for you. You know, if you have a great talent, and you know, it would just make sense that it's very easy to find you. You know, if yeah. you had a website." And I thought about it. I'm like, "Oh, cool." There were, at the time there was not many voice of artists from Africa, I would say, emphatically, that had their own websites, you know. So okay. I thought, I thought, yeah, I could, I could actually do this. So I remember it was, I, I went back to my parents' house. It was <laughs> for a week. I created, In Nigeria? In Nigeria, yeah. Okay. I created a website from scratch. Myself, <laughs> I don't know how I learned it. <laughs> Wait, so you using like one of the, like, was it, it wasn't like Wix or like one of the like it was, website. It was WordPress. It was WordPress. Oh, it was WordPress. You just started, that's crazy. I just started with WordPress, you know. I remember it took me a, a week, like exactly five days or six days. I started on a, sun, on a Monday and yeah. I think by Saturday I started sending to my friends like, yo, what do you think about my first website? And... <laughs> When it got to that point of selecting a domain, um, it was it was um, it just came to me. I voice Africa, and the reason why though was I thought that um, there were a lot of Africans like me who were very um, who were very proud of the fact that they have an African accent and the fact mm-hmm. that they can actually sell an African accent. And I thought a lot of Africans, you know, if from when I used to live in Africa, yeah, I yeah. would see people want to sound you know american want to sound british or whatever type of accent you know not because they didn't particularly appreciate their local dialect but i saw it in a way that they didn't realize the value that they had in Mm. you know you know in speaking with their own dialect even being a professional um speaker or voice artist in your own dialect and so i saw i thought yeah i want to be able to encourage other africans like me to feel like yeah there's a career that you can pursue um speaking your own dialect or speaking your own language and so that's why i voice africa came i'm like yeah so if you voice if you voice africa jump on this train and let's voice it together right that's incredible (laughs) okay so 
Uh, we're, all right. I, I have a ton of questions, but before right. we, before we kind of go into those, um, you know, you mentioned you grew up in, uh, in Nigeria, you know, what was, what were the, those early years for, for Toby? What was that like? Uh, those early years, it was very serious. My, my parents were very big on the education and academics and, you know, being successful with life. So I would honestly say I didn't get to watch a lot of cartoons and movies. I did, I did those a lot of times, but trust me. You know, sometimes I wish that I used to watch cartoons. Maybe it could have helped me more, you know, when I started doing voice acting, but I didn't really get to do a lot of those. I was just very academic, and then I went to a boarding school, you know, for secondary school. And I was quite, you know, just that kind of student was just a bit above average. You know, wasn't always the best student, but I was, you know, always getting good grades and all of those. What's your boarding school in Nigeria? Yeah, it was in Nigeria. I, yeah. So I've never been to a boarding school. You have to fill me in. What was what was that experience? Oh, it, it was interesting. And I went to, I went to quite. I went to a very good boarding school actually. Uh, yeah. Christ the Redeemer's College it was a Christian school. Okay. And, yeah. And so it had, um, it had so many. I'm also a product of a Christian, a Christian school. Oh, I actually right. went to a Christian college. That's another story oh, <laughs> for another time as well. So <laughs> Christian that's... school growing up and then Christian college. But yeah. yeah, definitely. So it was it was quite a great journey. Um, you know, I, I, it was it was six years, mm-hmm. and you know, they're also because it was a Christian school. You know, they imputed a lot of values and you know how to become a great person. You know how yeah. to behave well, and of course, the academics was 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 awesome as well. We had very um, amazing teachers. But I think what was the most interesting part of this you know compared to a number of boarding schools at the time was um you know they they were you know they would they would come in with provisions and you know um, um groceries and all those other things but yeah we had nothing to bring into school and <laughs> you know you just have to eat home cooked food or whatever food that they cook from the cafeteria or whatever yeah and yeah so it was quite an interesting experience actually too it was it was it was a mixed school so um, you yeah. know, building friendships and relationships for me, that's when I started to understand, you know, the importance of this type of, of, of friendships and relationships, you know, even up to date. That's awesome. Okay. So after, after the boarding school, um, okay. You mentioned you were in Cyprus. When did you, like, you know, what, what's that gap between boarding school and Cyprus? And then how did you get to Cyprus? Oh, well, I went on the plane, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, how did you, you yeah, like, what was the transition to, to Cyprus? Absolutely. So I think at the time, while I was still in secondary school, I wanted, when I was thinking about where, where I was going to go for my bachelor's, um, I was thinking at the time, the university, a lot of university, public universities or federal universities in Nigeria were on a strike. And, you know, you don't want to be in this type of situations. Otherwise, you could spend five years or six years, you know, for yeah. a cost of four years. So I started looking beyond Nigeria. And the first place I wanted okay. to go was South Africa for some reason. I don't know why, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think it could have been just because the World Cup in, this was like 2013 now. And I think the World Cup in 2010, um, in South Africa, it's like, yeah, I want to go there and see all these good things. So that if there's another World Cup, I could be there. <laughs> but for some reason, I was hell-bent on going to South Africa. Yeah. Um, but um, I think while in the middle of that, my dad had just come one day and said, oh, a friend of his um, just called him up and said, his son is going to Cyprus for, for university. Do you want to try that? Mm. At the time, I didn't even know what Cyprus was. I was like, oh, is that, yeah. is that new? Is that, well, what is that? <laughs> island, right? It's an island, yeah. It's yeah. an island, just you know, between um, Middle East and Asia. Yeah, in Europe, I don't know. It's just all over the place, like somewhere in between, anyway. And um, so, yeah, so it just happened, and then I went in 2013 for my undergrad in electrical electronics engineering, and okay. I majored, majored in telecommunications, you know, uh, on that degree. Yeah. 
So I was there for four years and a couple of months, and um, and then yeah, go back to Nigeria right right after you know to for for the next steps. <laughs> so um, you know what happened like as you were going growing up in boarding school, growing up in Nigeria. Did you like back then? Did you ever think that? you know, in 2023, you'd be an entrepreneur? Like, were there like early signs of entrepreneurship or no? Uh, no, no. I would say that my earliest sign of entrepreneurship came maybe when I was, um, when I was in Cyprus, I think it came when I was in Cyprus. Um, yeah. I was, I was at the time I was thinking, you know, um, is there anything legal I could do to like, you know, have extra cash for coffee and go on dates and all this? I mean, I was young, I was maybe 18, 19 ish. Yeah. It would be so great to actually have all of this, you know? And then I, I think the first venture that I ever tried to start was drop shipping, you know, cause you know, I got introduced to AliExpress. I started, I started there too. That was my first <laughs> business out of college. Oh my God. You know, we have a story to tell on that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was drug shipping and honestly it didn't really do well you know what was, were you what were you selling wristwatches you know because i was <laughs> so crazy about wristwatches <laughs> the aliexpress uh and, and, and alibaba uh wristwatches i was doing all of those exactly so i'll copy from <laughs> alibaba and take it to aliexpress on ebay <laughs> it was That's it great. was so that was my first experience of you know um having a business to trying to run mm -hmm. something and yeah. yeah it was it was a mass it was a massive failure i'm not gonna <laughs> lie you know, i didn't do well and yeah but you know at the same time i was just looking forward to finishing a degree in electrical electronic engineering and yeah. working for telecoms because i was so i was so passionate about oh let me also say that i did electrical electronics engineering because i was only good at maths in school okay Right. So if you gave me um, economics or, um, you know, biology or, you know, things where you had to study and, you know, explain stuff, I, was, I wasn't really going to do well. Even in English language, I wasn't doing well. You yeah. Know? So you now run a voiceover company. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, for those kids listening, like, <laughs> just what, if, whatever you're struggling with in school, like, it does not define you. You can't be running a business. That's amazing. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. So, that's what I did. And I just, I was just looking forward to getting a job in a telecoms company or, you know, in power electronics, you yes. know, things like that. You know, things that had to do with engineering and connecting of wires. Yeah. I was just looking forward to that. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you mentioned the, um, the dropshipping company didn't work out well. Yeah. Um, you know, what, you know, what was one lesson that you took from that that you now, you know, use as you, as you run? I voice Africa. Absolutely. Um, I think the one lesson that I learned then was um, I had no strategy. I would say I think I just mm. I just watch videos about oh you know all, all the YouTube videos that you see of ten ways you can make money in twenty twenty three. I mean, <laughs> yeah. always, you know, oh my God, drop shipping, and then so I just you know went on Shopify. I didn't even like you know I know the people who have successful dropshipping businesses will even have you know an e-commerce store and yeah. all of those things you know on the line. And um, I think all I just created was um, I created. I remember I created an Instagram page on the side, and then I was doing all the transfers. You know, I had accounts on eBay and all of these things, but I had no strategy at all. Um, no, and you know, when you're starting a company, you are literally the marketing person, you're the salesman, you're yep. literally everything. You're the finance person, and I had no. Um, I'd not even taught myself anything on how I can actually manage all of those things. You know, mm -hmm. so I remember that I would start having conversations with people. People reach out to me. Oh, yo, I want this. I want to purchase this wristwatch. 
And, um, you know, I would have a conversation for a couple minutes, but after a while, they stopped talking to me and I would not understand why. I, I didn't understand why it meant to actually nurture a lead. I didn't understand how it meant to actually market yourself, even the packaging and how I advertised the wristwatches that I was selling online. You know, you know, these are the little details. Even when you shop on Amazon, sometimes it's not always about the pricing of what you're trying to buy, but yep. you could need that little extra detail about this product that says, oh yeah, this is, yeah. The, one, this is the one I want. Right, so I didn't know all of those things. So when I when it was time to actually run iVoice Africa as a company, I thought, yeah, be very deliberate about you know some of the things that you are selling, some of the things that you're doing, and that's why our unique value proposition is African languages specifically because that's great. We want you to think when you think African languages, think about iVoice Africa. You know, we have it yeah. all. Stuff. Yeah, so that's that's our first unique value proposition amongst all the all the stuff that we do. That's great. Um, okay, so. Um, actually, I have, I have one more question on that. Um, right. you know, what was when you went to your parents initially with the dropshipping company and said, Hey, I'm running this on the side, you know, or like maybe you were even like trying to bring all the money in from there? What was what was their reaction? <laughs> to be fair, my father is a, he's a, he's a very good encourager, he's, he's an encourager of you know business because he's a businessman himself. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, so when 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 I told him that at the time, actually, even I remember when I was going to Cyprus, I remember him telling me that yo, I want you to get to a point where you t stop asking me to send you money anymore. You know, just <laughs> you can have your own thing that you're doing, or you can have a job that you're doing. But I'm just hoping that you get to that point. You know, so yeah. I think it was also maybe one of the drivers that I had to like, yeah, That's and great. start up actually, you know, just so I can, you know. Not really help my dad, but at least let him see that. Yeah, I could actually tell him that you don't need to send me money anymore, kind of stuff. So yeah. when I told him that, he was quite proud of it, even though it failed. He was like, "Oh, cool, it happens." You know, it's <laughs> you pick up. So yeah, I remember that conversation. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, that's great. Okay, yeah. so you mentioned so you went to Cyprus, and then that's when you know you got your first voiceover gig, and then you went home and you know built the website, start sending it to your friends. Um, you know, after you get your website up and it's live, what, what was your first step? My first step was, um, so I was, I was sending to everybody, you know, and yeah. I remember also something because I was a voice artist and I'd done my research on how can I, how can I get more gigs? Because as a voice artist, you want these gigs. And yeah. so I started signing up and pitching to a lot of agencies worldwide, you know, signing up for a lot of freelance platforms, you know, uh, letting them know about my website. And I learned a couple of strategy actually yeah. um, along the line, you know, sometimes, you know, you, and I remember learning something from one of the coaches that I watched at the time. And he said, um, even if you just purchase a microphone, send it to that brand that you want to work from. Be like, oh, I just purchased a microphone. Um, if you have anything going on, you know, I would like to test my voice on this microphone for this advertisement. And if you like it, you can have the, the audio. And if you don't like it, you know, we could find other ways to do it. You know, so I was. Wow, also, that's great. Yeah. So I would reach out to lots of brands that I was seeing on TV. I'm like, yo, um, I have, you know, this is the mic I use. This is my website. You can actually see all my demos and all the portfolios of the people that worked for in the past. Even when yeah. I know nobody, I'll literally just take a script and just record it and produce it myself. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I worked for them. Just so yeah. that I can see that, um, you know, but because what matters most is they're trying to know who you've worked for. For the most part, that's, an also, that's also another part of it. Yeah, but yeah. they also want to know how good are you? Are you the man for the job? Are you the, is this the voice that we're looking for? So once you know that you're really good, you know, with how you sell through your voice and all of those other stuff, then yeah, 
you get a, you get the gigs. You know, the next one that comes up is you know what those you worked for. That's when you now want to start negotiating your price and saying, oh yeah, you should you should pay me higher because yeah, I work for this type of people a normal day. You know, so that's great. I think like oftentimes a lot of entrepreneurs are they'll put the business together and then they'll be like, well, now I need to get my first sale and like yeah. and like have no clue how to even go about that. But like, I love like that that mindset of saying, hey, even if even if I don't get the the sale of the product right now i can put together scripts i can put together demos like i can build a portfolio to help me with those future sales exactly like, exactly so that's, that's exactly what i did yeah that's great okay so during that time you know what was like the i'd say the first big hurdle or like big challenge that you had in the company uh so during that time um so i think i remember i created this website in august 2019 and i used that date 26th of August 2019, and I used that date to mark the anniversary of Live Voice Africa, even though at the time it was just yeah. me as a voice artist. And um, I think two months later, and then I got a full-time offer in, in a telecoms company where I've always wanted to work since I was young. You know, wow. the type of offer that I really wanted, yeah. <laughs> just like a month or two after, you know, I had yeah. that offer coming and I thought, yeah, I mean, you've always wanted this still. You know, yeah. just go for it. So um, I signed up for this job. And so I was running both of it at the side, you know. So I was already having clients from, you know, voiceovers. And, you know, and then I had to go. Um, I had to always drive to work um, every other day um, yeah. between that period. And um, so that challenge for me was, you know, sometimes I'll get back to, I'll get back from work and I'll have a script already in my email where I needed to record. And it could take me an hour or sometimes 30 minutes or whatever duration. So it was very hard combining this yeah. and then i thought oh, yeah i'm just gonna create a home studio you know just so i can make it it can be easy for me to to do this and you know i think that struggle literally um just became a blessing when the pandemic mm. came because okay as, this is 2020 because now i'm already talking yes. about December 2019 and you know and where are you living now i was in Lagos, nigeria i was in nigeria okay i was in nigeria at the time and when the pandemic came, you know, the telecoms company I was working for said, oh, we're all going fully remote so you can stay in your homes and, you know, work from home. So I was literally working two jobs right in my house. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> exactly. You know, so initially started as a struggle. And, and I also think what helped was the fact that I was already thinking of having a home studio and not having to go to a lot of, you know, um, studio um, studios, you know, it's, yeah. it, you know, around to record, you know, and so, you know, when things shut down where you couldn't really purchase things anymore, there were no deliveries and all of these things happening, you know, I already had all of those set up in my house where I didn't need to start panicking wow. thinking about, oh, where do I buy a microphone from now? Where do I get, you know, um, you know, wow. a roof in my house, you know, at this time I was living alone, you know, and so I had all of these things already ready for me, you know, and so yeah. that's initially started as a struggle of, oh yeah, I needed to go to this studio um, in another city to go record a jingle, a commercial for 30 seconds. And then I have to wait till I leave the office and you know get into traffic and get to that place. So all of those literally just stopped, you know, right. and I was able to run everything from home. Wow, okay. So what, on that note, you know, what advice do you have for that entrepreneur who's still working the nine to five job? Um, you know, they have something they're passionate about. They want to scale that, you know, how, how, do, how do they manage that? I would just say, first of all, enjoy the process. It is, it is a process, actually, that um, it asks a lot of you, um, for starters. Honestly, I knew that 
in 2019, you know, when I was applying for jobs, because I, I knew what I wanted for a nine to five. And at the same time, I just started this, you know, my, my voice career was just, you know, I mean, I was already getting international clients from Spain and all of those. And I thought, yeah, this could actually become something bigger. Right. But I, I loved both things. You know, it was not a situation of which one are you going to give up, you know, because I wanted to yeah. really do that on both on both sides. And um, but the truth about this is there's also a part of prioritization. Right. Um, nine to five, I have to be at work physically. Mm-hmm. So um, I would not jeopardize that because I wanted to do something else, um, you know, for a client at home. If uh, if all I needed to do was communicate to the client by saying, um, it's going to take me 14 hours to get back to you on this project. You know, that way I know that I've given um, a certain, I've, I've, I've sort of managed the expectation of the client already. In advance. Yeah. So they're not, you know, they're not putting a lot of pressure on me. And at the same time, I'm not already spoiling my name, even when I'm just starting, you know, so, yep. you, you know, as an entrepreneur, no matter what you do, one thing that matters the most is customer satisfaction. If your yep. customers are not satisfied, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that you're going to have to, you're going to struggle with. You know, so yeah. that, for me, what I was looking at the most was customer satisfaction. You know, so if it had to do with me communicating extra, or if it had to be me um, even outsourcing, there were times that I could not even record at all. Either I would get back home very tired, or you know, and I would just call or my other colleagues. You can you help me jump on this real quick? You know, yeah. so that the client actually has what they need. So there is a lot of um, so I think prioritization is really important. You, at the same time, even you're, when you're running a nine to five. You don't want to put your job on the line as well. You don't want your bosses. Sure. At the end of the day, my boss, my line manager, even got to know that I was a voice artist. And he was he was really excited about it because he started seeing my jingles on TV and hearing my oh, voice wow. on radio. That's exactly. Awesome. Yeah. And he was like, so you do this? And he was like, how do you do this? And I had to explain everything that no, it never, <laughs> it never interfered with my job on my nine to five because you know I could do all of these things from home. I didn't need yeah. to go anywhere out of out of office you know so i think it's just about how you're able to prioritize and your time management as well irrespective of whatever situation that you're in there is always a way to make these things work that's incredible um we talked a little bit about this before we started the show um but i'd love for you to share you know what's the the impact that that you want it's called the impact podcast so (laughs) i think like perfect question what's the impact that you want um that you want iVoice Africa to have? Well, so the impact that I really want iVoice Africa to have is I want the fact that when you think about any African language, mm-hmm. think about the fact that, oh, iVoice Africa was a, was the pace setter of that solution or of that, um, of that result that you see. And yeah. in more context to this would be um, a lot of African languages are becoming extinct. And it's so incredible. Um, I think one of my greatest luck that I speak Yoruba fluently, I speak four languages, well, three and a half, because, you know, I used to speak Turkish because I was living in, you know, Turkish Republic of Cyprus. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I've seen from, you know, fellow Africans, you know, like precisely from Africa was um, they were not always able to speak their local languages when they needed to or when they wanted to try to do that. And it was either because of the cities that they were living in, or maybe they were born abroad, they were born outside Africa, or even those who were in Africa, their parents didn't get to speak this language to them, or they didn't get to actually practice this language. And the thing is with African languages is that um, they are very tonal and they are also very, they're very broad. It's not like English language where there is, you know, there's a grammatical structure and all of these things. Mm. Ones, like if you, if you don't, if you don't live in the cities, if you don't, 
experience these cultures in some other cases, yeah. um, you would actually struggle in speaking the language, right? So one one of the things that, and so I mean, I'm also going to even start speaking about the other aspects of Ivo's Africa that we that we deal with beyond yeah. acting is also translation and interpretation. And I remember I was I was traveling. I think I was traveling to Lagos on the day, and I was in I was at the airport in Istanbul, or uh, it was in Dubai actually. I was in Dubai airport in transit, yeah. and um, there was a woman who walked up to me, which I think was like you know from India, just you know facially, and yeah. she was speaking to me in a language of. Maybe she had missed a flight and then she didn't know what to do next, who she should talk to. And I remember saying to her in, in Turkish, and she said, she can understand what I'm saying in French, she said nothing. In English, she wasn't saying not, nothing. And I just thought, I would really love to help this woman right now, mm. but I honestly cannot. And that's because there is no way she can understand. We don't speak the same language. Yeah. And, you know, the pandemic itself was what showed me that a lot of Africans really didn't understand what the COVID-19 pandemic was. And that's why we started doing translations, you know, that this is what wow. it is. I'm telling you, if, if you were on social media, on TikTok and Instagram at the time, yeah. there were a lot of funny videos from Africa about, you know, how people were even mispronouncing the name, um, you know, COVID, you know, they were just calling so many things, random stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Like this is... Um, a lot of people really don't know what this is, and that's because um, there are no translations or there are no sensitization materials in a lot of African languages. And so we, I, I just I said to myself, yeah, I'm going to start, you know, also pushing iVoice Africa as a translation company in addition to voiceover that we were that I was doing before then. Yeah. You know, and so, and I think that's what's like, you know, creating the more, the things that we see today in Ivory Africa. It was through the pandemic where I began to see that there's so much impact that we can actually create in Africa and for Africans, because at the end of the day, it's not only, and this is by the kind of clients that we've worked for or that we work with, um, the people that we mostly even work for are outside the continent. Our clients are outside wow. the continent. And that for me is the most incredible thing about about what we do at iVoice Africa the fact yeah. that what we do is actually for for businesses outside the continent because you know we're living in a very global globalized world right now a lot yep. of Africans are you know migrating you know you know a lot of things are happening in our world but yeah. what is very important in life is communication and so yep. if you want to actually ensure that globalization is happening in the same way where you know um you know communication is improving you know standard of living and all these other good things are happening then we want to be a part of that. You know? That's incredible. Um, you know, you hinted at this and it's a similar question to the last one. Um, what is the impact of being able um, to really kind of communicate? I, I, is it the impact of those languages from a cultural perspective? It's because for, for me, uh, I would say a lot of, a lot of my listeners as well, um, we're African American, black right. over in the states. Like, right. like, like we, like I know, like I can listen to someone and be like, oh, he's from New York, or right. he's from St. Louis, like, or you know, he's from Atlanta, like, like you know, we hear it, but it's still English. And even if I don't, you know, I don't fully right. get there. Like, right. I, I, for me, I, I can't imagine, you know, not as in my my language going extinct. So I, I'd love for you to, I'd love for you to share. Share some of that. Like, what's what's the impact of those languages on? Um, I say specifically from a cultural perspective. From a cultural perspective, um, being the being that I 
I have learned languages that are not spoken in my country. And that's mm -hmm. French and Turkish. I'm yeah. going to have to from that perspective. Um, I've realized that, and this also happened to me recently. I think I'd ordered a meal and um, I wasn't sure if it was for me or for a friend. And I was trying to ask the delivery person, um, what's, the, what's the name on it? But he didn't understand me. Mm -hmm. And my first question was, I just asked him in Spanish, um, to hablas español? And he said, no. And he said, Turkish. And so I began speaking Turkish with him. Mm -hmm. And I could see the surprise on his face. And he was literally, <laughs> he was literally praying for me. And he was literally saying, you know, Allah Razus, which means God bless you. Like, I wow. believe a black person speaks Turkish in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> no, that's incredible. I think it was, I literally, that's what he was saying that he could not believe. Yeah. It's a story, but I can't believe that a black person speaks Turkish in the United States. What are the odds? Wow. You know, and he was, and then we that's started amazing. talking. Yeah, and it's like, we started talking about how we got to the United States and, you know, so many other yeah. things. And, you know, it just, I felt wow. like that made his day. Yeah. I felt like that made his day, the fact that he went home and he was smiling and he was just, God bless you, brother. You know, all of those other yeah. things. And, you know, even when I speak French to people who are from Francophone countries or from France or whatever, you know, there's that, how does a Nigerian speak French? So it creates an extra sense of connection. You connect with the person yeah. in so many levels, you know, yeah. and that's why we saw that, yeah, truly, truly, um, language translation and language localization can actually not only improve, um, you know, living, but it can actually also help people to connect properly with each other it can actually help people to there i mean i could be in because i've worked with so many african languages when i talk to an african i can easily guess where the person is from and if i'm mm -hmm. able to say a couple of words in their language i i greet them in their languages you know because yeah. i have i have seen these things of you know managed projects in all those languages and it creates that oh tell me why you can speak my language you know so that way then that opens to i mean life is about your network who do you have in your network yep. who do you have that you can call on when you needed help or you needed to be appreciated but that's how you know you can build friendships and communities and relationships and all of these things and that's 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 a, it's it's a very psychological impact the language has and you know for anyone listening to this if you speak any language at all or if you're thinking about learning any language at all, i will encourage you to do so because it, it opens so many doors i'm not even gonna lie yeah yeah so i was I'm glad you mentioned that. I was going to say that question to the end. Right. How does one, like, advice for someone looking to learn another language? I will, I'll put it to you like this. I've taken foreign language classes much yeah. of my life, like in high school, even in college. Yeah. And, like, and it was the same language both in high school and in college. And right. in college when I took the, the exam to, to say that I, I knew another language, I literally sat down, I prayed, I was like, God, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. Like, you know, I didn't prepare for this as much as I oh did. My God. <laughs> if you get me through this test, we will be good. What language was this? What language is this? It was Spanish. Like, I got no excuse. <laughs> I have no excuse. Oh my God. <laughs> but I like I struggled with I struggled with Spanish for years, right? Right. Like, I'm like, there has to be like, th then I, I meet you and you speak like eight different languages. Like right. there has to be like, <laughs> like a way to make this, this language learning process easier. Yeah. So, honestly, trust me, it's not easy. And yeah. you know, what's so incredible is the fact that, so I think in English, you know, likewise yourself. So yeah. When you're trying to switch to this other languages. 
the I mean, eight times out of ten, you're literally doing Google Translate in your head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. literally. You know, that's well, why I'm, my that's why my Spanish sounds bad. <laughs> fair, fair, fair excuse. That's a fair enough excuse. <laughs> but um, I'll say it was it's motivation. Um, it's not easy to actually learn a language. And another thing that's also interesting about languages is, you know, there's also an accent that comes with it. You know. Um, yeah. So. When I was, for example, I learned French on my own, and I honestly don't know why I learned French. Just like you, I did. I did French for maybe three years in in secondary school. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the most brilliant student in French, but I knew that I liked that language for whatever reason. And so yeah. after three years, I just went on to, you know, I was reading stuff, I was listening to music and watching movies in French with subtitles and all of those things. And before I knew it, I knew that I started having conversations in French, you know, and then I changed my phone to French, you know. <laughs> And then when I went, <laughs> you like went all in, like language I went all in. I went yes. all in, you know. And once I see a, a, a person from a francophone country or you know from a French-speaking country, I just want to speak to you in French, you know. And they'll tell you, you know, what, correct me wherever I'm wrong. And I think that started shaping my accent. You know, I started understanding. You know, um, trust me, African fr French speakers sound totally different from the people from France. <laughs> yeah. You need extra bit of years to understand both parties from an, yeah. from an anglophone perspective, you know. And so I started training myself to understand Africans better when they speak French, you know. And then you know the Europeans as well. So all of this process happened, you know, in a matter of. And this is not this is not a year, two years. I'm talking of like five years, six years yeah. period where I was constantly learning and growing and improving myself, my vocabularies as well. With Turkish, I was really lucky that I was in that city for about four four plus years. Right. So yeah, you just have to pick it up, right? Um, but for the other languages, I mean, coming to the United States and saying that um, the United States is also very big on Spanish, like there's a lot of Spanish community here. I yeah. was so surprised because I could never have guessed, you know, um, a couple of years back. Um, that yeah. this, what, this is what it is like over here. So I started learning Spanish in summer last year, but then I got too busy that, you know, I dropped off the pace a little bit, you know, but I think I'm going to get back to it at some point when I have some more free time. So yeah, it takes, it takes extra effort. Trust me. It's just that extra effort that counts. Okay. For sure. You know, maybe next time we connect next time I have you back on the podcast, I'll know, I'll know another language. So like you, you inspired me. And I think like, I, I think, a good thing that you mentioned, um, and I love what you mentioned about like the impact that language has uh, from a cultural perspective, right. because um, I think more than anything, like that's what would inspire me to to learn, right. to put in the extra effort to learn Spanish or any other language versus just trying to get an A to pass a class. Like, exactly. so yeah, I, I love that you said that. So, um, okay, back onto iVoice Africa. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, what was the moment where you're like, I, I'm on to something like, like we, I, I have a business here that I can scale and grow and like turn this into something. What was that moment for you? Absolutely. Um, I think the first moment for me was during the pandemic when I had, um, and you know, what's funny, you know, I started, started talking about Igos Africa website from 2019. I think the first call from through the website, the first, the first yes. call through the website happened in March or April 2020 during the pandemic. And, yeah. you know, I remember the person calling was like, um, sorry, what country are you right now? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm in Nigeria. And she was like, fantastic. Okay. So 
we want to create a COVID-19 uh, broadcast, you know, for, um, you know, in five or six other six languages. And Yoruba that I speak has so many dialects, maybe like yeah. about like hundreds of dialects. And, and wow. she went specifically that I want it done in this dialect. Um, can you do it for me? I just said, yes. Like I, I didn't even know if I could find it. Okay. I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, do you speak that dialect? <laughs> I don't speak it. I don't speak it. And and I, I mean, I'm from Oyo State. You know, shout out to anyone from Oyo State, Nigeria. Who's listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were talking about Missouri, but I'm like, yo. So I'm from Oyo State. But I was living in Lagos, uh, but yeah, the, the, the dialect you requested for was Ijebu, and it's spoken in Ogun State, which is um, well, I don't know it's in miles or kilometers, but it's just the next state right after. Um, um, Lagos State, right? Yeah. And so um, I just said, yes, I will get it for you. And she didn't even ask me how much I was going to charge. She just said, because I know that that's a very difficult language to find, I'm going to pay you this amount. And I'm like, yes. It was, honestly, if I was to quote, I wouldn't have quoted that amount. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> and it I'm was like, like above what you were going to quote her? What I was going to quote, yeah. And wow, like, that's incredible. Sure. I'm like, sure. You know, so um, so I did that. So I found someone online, thank God for internet. And the good thing was the <laughs> that I found was uh, he was working in a radio station. And even though, you know, the world was shut down, you know, broadcasters and journalists were also still working. So, yeah. um, you know, it was just very easy for him to do the job. And then, you know, I paid him off and, you know, I took my percentage and all those good things happened. And, um, and I think right after that, and this was for an NGO, it was for an NGO. And I got another call from another NGO saying, oh, we saw the work that you did for this other guy. you do something in this languages mm. and you know it became five languages and then six languages and then a missionary would reach out to them and say oh we're traveling to a number of african countries and we want to you know translate the bible or do an audiobook for this christian book in 10 languages and you know we'll start looking for um and then so i it became bigger than me i was africa yeah bigger than me and i started building building a team oh i need someone who to handle the projects i need someone to handle the marketing yeah. And it's on for the social media. And I literally did all of those in 2020, 2021, building the team and, you know, working with all the other all freelancers and the, you know, independent people that we work with to actually get these jobs done. Because at the end of the day, we want to do what is professional, what is right, and what you can look back on years um, years ahead and be like, yeah, I'm really proud that we did that in 2020, 2020 or 2021. So we were really awesome. building this team and building people and then, you know, letting people know that you'll come to us for any African language. You know, yeah. if, you, if you speak any African language, come to us still. We can train you to be a voice artist. We can train you to be a professional translator. That's incredible. We started doing all of those things. And that, that I think it was at that point that we started realizing that, yeah, we're really up to something. And then we'll literally get inquiries every day. And that was when I thought, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is bigger than I thought. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Okay. Um, similarly, uh, let's say different. What's the coolest project that you've been able to work on so far? Like, and the project's been the most fun for you. The most fun. Let me think about it. I'm, I think I've said so much about the pandemic. But I'm just gonna go beyond the pandemic. Uh, we did a lot of. We had a lot of fun during the pandemic. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of fun because we're also trying to sensitize children and older people. Yeah. I would say, um, let me think about it deeply. The coolest project, I would, it would either be voiceover or translation. Um, I would say it was when we had to do, it was when we had to do 
an audiobook for a missionary, right? Because yeah. um, at that time we had never we had never had that type of project in, before. Where and you know another so there's so many phases or there's so many things that come with you know with this industry as well. And I got yeah. to learn on the job the fact that I could decide not to do a project because of what I believe in. Oh, by the way, mm -hmm. I think now I remember the 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 the, the project that I had the most fun. So I remember that there was this project that came. It was a sensitization for, um, you know, um, how we should not we should not talk down on people if they decide to get um, contraceptives or, you know, um, or even safe abortion and stuff like that. Very controversial, yeah. very controversial right. project. Yeah, you know? and um, I remember that. Um, oh yeah, I mean, this is in addition to the the audiobook one that I was speaking about for the missionary. That's also interesting. But I think I'm bringing yeah. this in because I want to talk about so many things. For sure. um, I remember that the the artist. Tell us, we got we got time. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> the artist that we had shortlisted for that project. You know, I remember one of them said to us, "I don't believe in abortion." You know, um, I believe that, you know, children should not be killed. I believe that this thing should not happen. And so I'm turning it yeah. down. I'm not doing this, irrespective of how much you want to pay. You know, and then when they said, when I got that feedback, when my team gave me that feedback, I thought about it. I'm like, well, that's quite interesting. And I looked deeper, like, what is we as a company, Ivos Africa, what do we stand on? Do we need to actually stand on anything on this topic, even though it's controversial? Wow. You that's, know. That's great. Yeah. I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't, I don't don't think about that some exactly. businesses never even get to that point so that's, that's great exactly so we began to think about it like um do we need to is it okay if we we stand indifferent on this conversation and go ahead with this project you know um we can as well protect the freelancer that said yo i'm not being i'm not going to be part of this because i don't believe in that conversation right yeah. and so that for us was a realization of okay when we're actually um, taking on projects, let's first of all put our values and our morals. First of all, what are the mm. type of jobs that we can take as as a company? And yeah. then, you know, when we're also signing up freelancers or the independent people that work with us, you know, tell us what are your no nos, so that we're not That's coming great. to you with things that, by your standards, are controversial. And I, I remember yeah. something something similar again. It was now this was for. Um, it was for an, it was for a law enforcement agency, right? And it was an, on an investigation, you know, etc. to see. And I yeah. remember when the trans, it was a transcription project, and when the job was was ongoing, um, my team said to me that the freelancer quit in between. And my question was why? And she said she got emotional during the during the investigation because she's also a mother. And then you know it was I mean it's an investigation, so as a yeah. mother you have human feelings. And she said. I'm sorry, if that was my son in that situation, I would not want to interpret some things. Wow. Wow. You know, and I'm like, wow, this is interesting. You know, so these are things that I've seen and I'm just like, this is, this is, this is interesting. Like, I just say this is interesting. And so yeah. if they don't want to do those projects, we just easily turn them down. Oh, we're sorry, we really can't do this because we're protecting our team or we're protecting our freelancers and we're protecting, you know, our image as well because we don't want to, push you or force you to actually do this project if it beyond your beliefs. So I think this, these are like the key interesting projects that, you yeah. know, to us and I'm like, I look back on, I'm like, you know, I would never have thought about those happening. That's great. I, I love that. Cause I, I think oftentimes business is, is seen as like, um, exploitative. Yeah. You know, 
And I, I think like a a big reason for that is sometimes sometimes companies it's the reason this podcast exists. Like sometimes exactly. companies like don't um they don't care about humanity and the right. impact that their business has on other people. Um but I I love how how you you know sat with your team and said, what are our values? What will we do? What won't we do? And then even as we work with freelancers, like yeah. how do we work within their value system? Like exactly. I think that that's incredible leadership. Um so okay, what does um you know as, as we wrap up, what does 2023 uh look like for, for iVoice Africa? What does the rest of this year look like? And then okay. and then beyond 2023. Um interesting. I think 2023 in 2022 let me start from 2022 we got signed up to microsoft for startups and so you know congratulations (laughs) thank you so much that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much and we've come a long way (laughs) yes that's amazing yeah that was that was an amazing milestone for us and so what that meant was we needed to have a product um Mm -hmm. you know a tech enabled product you know um to ourselves because microsoft is is, is a tech company of course and so if they're providing you with with the tools to scale then you know it has to uh, be tech enabled, and so um, we started working on that on our MVP, say mid 2022, and you know sooner or later in 2023 between Q2 and Q3, yeah, we should we should launch okay. that. Eventually. What is that product? Well, so I'm not going to spill too much. You're right, you can, right. I'm... <laughs> well, but it is it is it is. I'll just say it is it is an automation of our current process. You know, we're wow. very minimal in how it works, so it's it's gonna be automated and freelancers actually have more jobs. I know Microsoft is doing a lot of stuff in, in automation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I think you're you, you work with I a pretty good mean. company. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You know, so um, it's it would be and then you know it's gonna be easier easier for freelancers and you know, even easier for clients. And, you know, and, you know, going back to what I said about, you know, how we want Ivo's Africa to impact the world, you know, like when you think about Ivo's Africa, just think about, you know, that there is actually African languages that still exist. And the mm-hmm. fact that projects can be done, the fact that you can actually communicate to African markets through Ivo's Africa is the type of impact that we want to leave behind. And so um, that's just going to be the starting phase of, um, of our MVP and beyond 2023, you know, um, I was I was saying to someone, I was here. I was saying this to actually, you know, that you know, just imagine you picked up your phone and you could actually speak to Siri's and Alexas and all of these things in your yeah, local yeah. language as an African. You know, we want to get to that point. You know, but you know, we trust the process, no matter how far or how long that takes us. But that would be that would be for us, you know, a, a great milestone, you know, in our journey. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, I how can how can you know, maybe you don't have the answer to this. Maybe there is no right answer to this. I don't know. But yeah. how can like me, the um, American African American city in Chicago, like support or 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 help out in, in any way with with what you're doing with with iVoice Africa? Absolutely. That's that's so much. You know, I know we have quite a number of strategies in plan that you know. Yeah. I'm here. You know, there's so much that we can actually do from here because I think you know my I had the very interesting eye op- opener to um, the African, Black Black American culture um, here when I came in. You know, I remember having conversations with someone, you know, and he was saying, he was telling me a very interesting story that when he was, so he was he was adopted from Ethiopia, you know, yeah. in the United States. And when he was in primary school, 
his mates would be like, oh, I, I hear that there are donkeys and there are zebras that walk mm. on the streets, you know, and he'll respond to them, yeah, my uncle is a zebra or my uncle is, is, is a monkey. <laughs> you know, and he was telling me that, yo, trust me, that a lot of Americans really don't understand what yeah. it is like to be an African or what it is like in Africa. And then I also get yeah. conversations of, oh, I want to visit Africa. I don't know where to go to first. You know, so that started creating other means of, yeah, we can actually create more inclusivity for, you know, the African-Americans yeah. or, you know, the Americans identify themselves as Africans or Black Americans, you know, yeah. how can we actually collaborate? So I would say stay close to Ivoist Africa because, you know, we started working on a couple of strategies, you know, to be able to answer these questions, you know, to be also be able to create content and be more inclusive. You know, so this is something that we've seen or something that I have seen and, you know, I've been able to pass into my team. And, you know, I'm very sure that, you know, along with our product launch and some of the other things that we have lined up for 2023, yeah. you, know, you know, we'll be able to see these things start playing out. That's incredible. I, I love that. Um, it's like those are one of the reasons, again, I had you on the podcast when, yes. when I saw the company. And um, yeah, I mean, I would 100 percent, you and I will stay in touch because um, I, I love what you're doing. But. Um, I think my my younger sister kind of started some of that conversation with me as well. Um, like before before my no, before sh- her, like no one in my um, like me, my my sister, my mom and dad, none of us had left the country before. So like uh-huh. and my sister, when she was in in college, she she went to Senegal um, and is now living in Senegal full time. Um, yeah, yeah. so um. So her and I have like begun to have some of those conversations. Like, what does it look like um, for um, for like for there to be almost like a global a global black community? Um, and as I created this podcast, it's one of the things that, that I really wanted to see is like I don't want to just celebrate the the black businesses here in, in the states, but but really a, a, across the globe and show like really show the world like we as, as a people like we doing that thing <laughs> like, Absolutely. like like we here we here to stay um Absolutely. that's incredible um okay so um my final question of you you know what advice do you have for for prospective entrepreneurs that could be here in the states that could be yeah. uh, globally that could be on the african continent yeah absolutely so i'm going to start by um what i always used to say to my team when we started when i you know when i got them on board and, you know, I was in Nigeria when, I think I was in Ghana when I made the first hire. I don't remember where. And I remember speaking to them during their interviews or, you know, when they were onboarded. And I said to them, I want you to think very global. I don't want you to see what we are doing as it's just for Africa and for Africans. You know, mm. think of what we are doing is supposed to impact the world. I'm yeah. not just, you know, our community. And it took them a while for them to actually understand what I meant by that statement. You know, because yeah. when they submit to me the strategies or their proposals or all this, you know, all the stuff, and I'll be like, no, this can be better if you think about it in this direction, you know? And and I think when they really understood that vision, um, when they really understood that vision, it became easier for them to work with me. And wow. I think as an entrepreneur, once you have that vision of what you want to see in the next five years, 10 years, even if it's just immediate one year, two years, you know, ensure that that's very communicative, first of all, to your team, if you're building one. I feel like, you know, um, I mean, we live in a world where a lot of people are looking for jobs, a lot of people yep. want to make money, you know, get paychecks at the end of the month. But what is more important for you as an entrepreneur is that you're hiring well. 
And what's also important for them as employees is that they're actually growing on the job, they're learning on the job, and then you're improving them as a person or as, you know, professionals. And so you need to be able to balance that. And, you know, I think I'm also very blessed and lucky to have had the most amazing staff and, you know, amazing team, you know, yeah. um, you know, doing this. You know, there were times that I really doubted what we're doing. I thought, ah, you know, I think we might actually just take a break from this Ivory Africa. Thing. I've had those moments, you know, I know that this podcast mostly has been positives, but yeah. there's been those moments where we thought, yeah, this is not really working this moment. And then, yeah. you know, it things pick up. And the reason why the pick up is the fact that, you know, you started on a very good note and a very good foundation, not only with the company, but even with your team. And so they really believe in the, in the That's business. That's great. They believe in your operations as opposed to just believing in, yeah, I think, yeah, it's not going to work. You know, they really do believe in it. And and I think that type of belief on your employees really comes from how you're able to channel that to your team and channel it out to the business because they see these things and they learn from these things. And I mean, there's so many things you can teach an entrepreneur, but I feel like this is just a very fundamental part of, you know, um, how you're going to run your business, you know, particularly when you need a team to run that business as well for, with you. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, Toby, this was a fantastic conversation. Thank you so um, I, I loved every minute. I've learned from, from you a ton, this, this conversation as well. Um, and also, I'm super inspired by you um, and, and all the incredible things you've done and are still doing. Um, for the businesses that want to get in touch with you, as well as, um, I say, people just want to network with you or people want to follow what iVoice Africa is doing, uh, whether it's on social media, you know, what, what, how, how can people get in touch? How can people connect? Absolutely. I think most times if you, if you search I Voice Africa, you'd easily find me. But, <laughs> okay. uh, my, my, you'd actually find me on LinkedIn. On, I'm mostly on LinkedIn, Instagram, okay. yeah, sometimes. Uh, my full name is Olua Toby Oladipo. Um, don't stress, just call me Toby if you need it. <laughs> I, I can link it below as, as well. Yeah, <laughs> you can also link it below. Um, I'll be great, it will be so um great for me to for us to connect. You know, yeah. there's so much we can talk about. You know, African businesses um can be doing so much better, even you know, black American businesses can be doing so much better. You know, we can collaborate more, and you know, I'm looking forward to a lot of collaborations and partnerships as well in 2023. You know, that's incredible. Well, again, thank you so much, Toby. Um, yeah, this this blessed me. I'm looking forward to connecting again soon, and uh, I, I have to have you have you back at some point once your official product launches. So definitely, definitely, I'll be happy to do that. You're gonna be the first person I'm gonna call that. Oh yeah, finally, it's it's launched. yes. Let me know. Let me know. We'll, we'll have you on right away. <laughs> definitely, I will. I will do that. I will do that. Awesome. I appreciate it. I appreciate it.